Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And good morning, Tiger fans. Sitting in for Christian Carrick, it's Jeff Palermo with Herb Tyler on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show to talk LSU football with us. You can join us on the whodatlending.com talk and text line 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. We're less than three hours away from kickoff between the LSU Tigers and the Arkansas Razorbacks. And Herb, there was a question at this time 24 hours ago if this game would be even played as <laughs> Arkansas has its own issues with COVID-19. They've had some positive cases within its football program. And with contact tracing, Coach Sam Pittman said that they are very thin at some positions. But uh, apparently the round of tests that the players took and the coaches took on Thursday came back Friday, and the results were good enough for Arkansas to move forward with the football game but as a player you've already seen one well really two games have been postponed the Florida game and then the Alabama game right. can you imagine waking up yesterday morning as an LSU player and saying oh no here we go again and, and not exactly sure whether you're going to play 24 hours later Look, welcome to COVID nineteen in twenty twenty during <laughs> You're right, <laughs> man. You're football right. Season, right? You know, it's it's look, it, it's 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 been a challenge to say the least, right? And uh, you know, it's and you look, you know, I, I think about it like this: as a player, you think about it, and you say, you know what, I, I can, you know, if I wake up and there's still questions about whether or not we're going to play the game tomorrow or next day or whatever. Can you imagine what the coaches are going through and the administrative yeah. staff and all of those people that are trying to do all the right things that are trying to sanitize the buildings, right? That the, the whoever's doing all of the testing and and who's setting all of that stuff up. I mean, they, they got to be pulling their hair out as well. So it's look. I have to give uh, really good kudos to everybody that's doing, you know, uh, behind the scenes that are that are making all this stuff possible. Because without those people. Those men and women that are, that, you know, in, in, the, in the training staff, in the, in the administrative staff, the coaches, what they're doing on top of coaching, right, to try to keep these guys from doing, you know, what college kids are going to want to do, go out, go have fun, go mingle with, the you know, the rest of the campus and all of the other stuff is difficult. But, um, it's you know, man, it's, it's a, this is the day and age right now that we're in. So the crazy part is <laughs> that, you, you know, you made a good point, like next week would be the final game of the season if it was a normal season. 
But with those two postponements of those games, we're just halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> that, know, that's so. the thing. That's the thing. You think about it, and they've played five games already, and it seems like it's been a struggle to play these five games, right? Yeah. And they still got five more to go, and they're supposed to do it uh, week after week after week. There's no more breaks. Now, here is maybe a potential positive uh, for LSU and a lot of other uh, college football teams and, and college basketball is supposed to start next week. College campuses will be, for the most part, pretty empty now. Uh, most schools have made the decision that once the Thanksgiving break comes, that's it. The students go home and they don't come back till January. So this is an opportunity now for the football program to, with most of the college kids uh, heading back home, uh, I know some still live uh, on campus or off campus uh, and have their own apartments and so forth, but uh, right. the student population de decreases considerably yeah. now. So now this is an opportunity to create more of a bubble. And we saw in the summertime, granted, uh, we're not seeing the surge of, like, in the summer we weren't seeing the surge of cases that we're seeing now, but there is the opportunity now for the football programs to really create a bubble for their players and hopefully we don't have any more issues where you get a couple of positive tests and then it's the contact tracing that really results in the uh, decline in numbers of players available. Yeah, the contact tracing is the, is the key. It's not so much the number of positive tests because, you know, you may have 14 guys out, right, or 10 guys yeah. out. Let's use the round numbers. 10 guys out, but only one or two actually tested positive for the, the COVID-19 virus. Um, but the rest of them were in close contact with them, and they can be negative, but you just don't know. So that's where the the, the you know the quarantining comes into play. But uh, you know, look at the end of the day, it's it's uh, you know what's really, I guess the players next week for Thanksgiving, the players won't be able to go home, which is good, right? Yeah, I right. mean, we'd love them to go home and visit with the family and all that. But as of the days and times now, you just don't know what's going to happen. So the coaches get to kind of like you say, keep these guys in the bubble. They'll do something really special for them for Thanksgiving. I know they will. Um, and then the way that things are looking right now, um, you know, all of December, really, they'll be by themselves. You know, I think they're, are they going to play that game against Alabama on the on December 19th? Do you I know, think, Jeff? Well, uh, December 19th, the SEC championship game. So, I, obviously, oh, Alabama okay. will be in there. But I think now the Texas A&M Ole Miss game is also postponed today. And that kind of – that adds a wrinkle to things because what would have been easy is for LSU to play Alabama on the fifth, and then you move that old Miss game to the 19th. Um, now, I think there is more of an urgency to reschedule LSU Alabama than there is Texas A&M and Ole Miss, and not because it's more of a, a flashier matchup. And, and maybe there's a small part of it, but I think the SEC recognizes that LSU has already lost a home game this year. They had to play – remember, they were supposed to play Missouri. Yes. And they yes. moved that game to Missouri. To Missouri, yes. Because of Hurricane Delta. So, mm -hmm. if LSU and Alabama does not – is not played, that leaves the Tigers with just three home games this year. And we're talking about right. an athletic department that's already um, suffering from an $80 million revenue loss. Uh, so, Correct. I don't – so, I think there's going to be – so – while Ole Miss and A&M are going to look for a spot somewhere between now and December 19th to play, I think the league will take priority to make sure the LSU-Alabama game gets played so LSU can at least have four home games and 
Um, either Texas A&M and Ole Miss may have four home games as well, but I don't think they want a school to just have three home games because you can make the, the, the uh, Scott Woodward said it last week. Uh, this is still, even though you're only having 25,000 fans inside Tiger stadium, you're, mm-hmm. the, the school is still making about five or $6 million off of that game. So right. it's still, and right now in, in today's world, Every dollar counts. So yeah, uh, LSU desperately wants to play that home game. And I think what you'll see is uh, that contest will be December 5th. And I think Alabama plays Kentucky that game and so uh, on the 5th. So they would move that game to the 12th. That way, Alabama then does not have an advantage. If it's Alabama and Florida in the SEC title game on December 19th, Alabama and Florida would then there would not be an advantage. Neither team would have, have a, a bye because LSU yeah. plays Florida on the twelfth. On the twelfth, correct, correct. No, that oh look, that that scenario sounds great. I hope that happens like that. If that does happen like that, then I think everybody wins at that point. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, right. You know, Ole Miss and Texas and them duck maybe not they maybe they don't get to play, but at the end of the day everybody wins and that the SEC wins, the schools win. The, the the you know the TV stations when everybody win it's a win win for everybody but um, it, it look and, and and I was the reason why I asked that was because you know you still have the hope the half of month of December to keep these guys quarantined so they can play all in the bubble let's call it that in their yeah. little bubble that they'll have and then you know who knows I mean the 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 the, the bowl season how that's going to be right all up in the air and it's you know and it's I mean, if you if you end everything on December nineteenth, technically, I think December nineteenth is normally when the very first smallest bowl that there is that start to play. I think. Yeah, New Somewhere Orleans bowl that. is supposed to be that weekend. Yeah, so so that that bowl can actually be played technically. Yeah, I would think if with those smaller tier teams or whoever that would be, let's right. call it that. Let's not say it like that. I guess it could be a group of five main. schools. Yeah. And yeah. remember, the group of five started earlier. I think, like, two, for instance, Tulane's final game of the year is next Saturday. Correct. Um, so a lot of the group of five schools have already are, are pretty much done with their schedules here soon. And it's weird, but didn't Tulane has Tulane played like the most games out of anybody in the country? <laughs> so boy, so. they played 10 games and then they play <laughs> another one next week. It's and crazy. they've had some heartbreakers too. Did you see how and that game? And, and they're in a in a uh, what do you call that? In a in a in a hotbed for COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. I, I don't know, but but you're right. Every game has been heartbreaking games, but it's like just your heart just beating out of your chest watching those games. But <laughs> it's been fun to watch, you know. But, but anyway, you know, so so the bowl games and the bowl season and all that stuff starts you would think it starts either on the 19th or the week after and then you go from there right and how does that happen it's going to be really really fast i guess and it's going to be like you didn't play football at all and then all of a sudden you got a whole two months of football you know exactly exactly you know what's going to happen once again with the testings and all of that other stuff it's just going to be really weird and because of the uh, rule for this year, LSU could finish three and seven and still go to a bowl game. You don't have to, to have a, a winning game, record right. this year. And, and these bowls could be scrambling to find teams. So it's it's possible that even if LSU just wins one more game this season, or heck, if they go two and eight, I mean, it's 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 possible they could play in a bowl game. But uh, who knows? We'll see how that all works out. Let's take another break. <laughs> and uh, we have more coming up here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show. You stick around as uh, we'll continue to break down today's matchup between LSU and Arkansas. I do have 
some information on a game that's being postponed today, not in the SEC, but it does involve one of the major teams in college football. So I'll tell you about that when we come back. So don't go anywhere. Jeff Palermo with Herb Tower. We'll be back with more on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on WWL. And good morning, Tiger fans. Jeff Palermo in for Christian Garrick with former LSU QB Herb Tyler. We're counting down to purple and gold football on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. We were talking about in the last segment that uh, LSU Alabama, there is still a belief that that game will be played. I think we'll find out some information on that because we're anticipating the game possibly being scheduled December 5th and some shuffling of games. It's usually that Monday prior to it's So how, how do I say this? Uh, two weeks ahead of a game that Monday mm-hmm. is when we find out the game times for that contest a week after Saturday. So right. for December 5th, we, we will find out the game times for those games. So that's probably one we'll find out if not, maybe, the SEC jumps the gun a little bit and says on Sunday, hey, by the way, uh, this is what we're going to do. And then that Monday, once they talk to all the TV networks, they come up with game times. Um, There is a game that has been postponed today over in the ACC. Clemson, Florida State will not be played. So Trevor Lawrence, who was scheduled to make his return against Florida State after missing time due to COVID-19, he'll have to wait a little bit longer. But the statement from the ACC is a little peculiar, um, Herb. It says the postponement follows this morning's game conference call, at which time both teams' medical personnel were unable to mutually agree on moving forward with the game. Both teams continue to adhere to the minimum outline protocols within the ACC medical advisory group report. This game was supposed to be played at Florida State, but it it's just weird that you don't have a statement here that says, oh, it's because Clemson doesn't have the enough players available or it's because Florida State doesn't have enough players available. Instead, it says the team's medical personnel were unable to mutually agree on moving forward with the game. That's a new one, but it's 2020, so expect the unexpected. <laughs> yeah, it it sounds it it almost sounds like they're still waiting. They were still waiting on some information to come up. Maybe uh, test results, or if Florida State just didn't want to play the game and came up with some sort of reason. And that I, could be could be, it could be that, but I don't see that. I, I don't see that. But I think I think that you know it, I don't know. It seems like one of those things where it's really technical, and you know I, something's going to come out at some point later on the day about it. Yeah, It'll be yeah. said, so we'll find out. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there should be a little bit more information than kind of a vague statement like that that raises eyebrows. All right, back to today's LSU-Arkansas game. One thing that really was peculiar to me, uh, going comparing the South Carolina game and the Auburn game for the LSU Tigers, LSU's offensive line played so well against South Carolina, and afterwards, Coach Ed Orgeron called them the team MVP, and I, I thought that was a – the way they played against South Carolina. And again, I was, I thought the Gamecocks game plan defensively was very blah. They didn't really show TJ Finley a lot. They didn't really, I don't know. They were just kind of out there, but still they played well. Yeah. I mean, they, they blocked, uh, there was a balanced attack. They made TJ Finley comfortable. And then the next Saturday they played probably the worst game in LSU offensive line group has played in a long, long time. It just was amazing to me, Herb, that you could see them play one way one week and then 
180 the next week. That that was really peculiar to me. I, I think, uh, you know, I think it's one of those things where we really set, sought out to actually run the ball well against South Carolina, meaning we purposely did that, went out there to do that to, to kind of, uh, quote-unquote, um, help out TJ. But then again against Auburn, it kind of like we went back to what we did against Missouri, and it was weird. It was like we ran the ball four times in the first half against Missouri. And then in that Auburn game, I think it was something similar to that. It's like, why did we revert back to that? You know, we should have we should have been as balanced as possible as we could in the beginning of the game to be able to and, – and then, and then you know, not be so predictable on the run plays as well. So – you know, figure something out to be able to kind of keep Auburn's defense off balance. Because once again, you just go back to the last season and you watch the video, uh, uh, the the tape of that particular game and see what they did to you. Because that game, Auburn played the best defense that we've seen all season in 2019. So you knew that they were going to come out and probably do the same exact thing that they did last year to us, and which they did, which is, you know, you know, we only scored 20 points last year, and we scored 11 points this year, and we scored 21, 20 points with the Heisman Trophy winner, <laughs> and this we scored 11 points with a true freshman back there. So, um, but I just, you know, with, as far as the, the offensive line play and and that kind of stuff, look, I mean, Auburn, you got to give the hats off to Auburn and, and, and Kevin Steele on the on the on the game plan that he had. I mean, he really confused those guys a lot because they were getting to TJ. Pretty often, and 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 they were playing in our backfield per se versus our guys, uh, you know, dominating the line of scrimmage and then pushing those guys out the way to open some holes up for the running game. Dare Rosenthal returns for the LSU Tigers. He started the season yep. as uh, one of LSU's starting offensive tackles. He was suspended for a while. Cam Wire took his place and took his mm-hmm. place, in fact, for the South Carolina game. So we'll see what Coach Ed Orgeron and the coaching staff decides as far as who will be the starting five if Rosenthal gets back out there one of my biggest head scratchers this season when it comes to this LSU football team is the fact that they just have not had a consistent running game and neither John Emery or Tyreon Davis Price has emerged I'm not saying they needed to I didn't think they had emerged like Clyde Edwards Elair did right last year I, I mean he had a season for the ages and that's why he was a first round pick in a time where the NFL doesn't really value running backs. But I thought one of these guys would at least say have, after five games, uh, 350 yards rushing or at least over 300 yards rushing. John Emery comes into this game with 246 yards rushing. Tyreon Davis-Price comes in with 245. It seems to me, Herb, they've just had trouble. Uh, One, the offensive line has had its ups and downs. And two, neither of these guys have been really – able to get into a rhythm at all and that to me seems to be the biggest problem they're trying to get both of them going and I don't know maybe you just focus on one guy pick one and see if he can get it going and just go with him it's been a head scratcher for me I think you know I think you're right on the the latter part of that saying you know do you pick one and you roll with it I mean because then you got to think about it like this too you Early on, they were adding Chris Curry in that mix as well. Yeah. So they were trying to get him going. So he couldn't, you know, he didn't really, he couldn't get going. John couldn't get going. Tyrion couldn't get going either. But I just think it's purposeful. You know, you have to purposely try to do that. And one of the things that we've we've said, and I say we, but, you know, former players uh, that are my, you know, my 
that we, we talk about the games with and we analyze it is, is, is that very fact that the matter is you can get John, like how they're rotating them is you get, I think it's like they get two series each, no matter what's going on. And then they pull them. Yeah. But if they got the hot hand, why pull them? Keep them going. Let them keep going and let him eat. Let him get his his, his carries and his yards and however it, it plays out. But, you know, early on, it's just I, – I just don't think that we – I mean, I don't think that we gave ourselves the best opportunity to run the football early on. One thing that was good and, – and I hate to keep comparing last year to this year, and I'm not really comparing it to, but it's just – it's mainly just saying, okay, so – this is the second year that this offensive system has been in place. So let's see what we did last year that was so successful versus what we're doing this year, right? And I think what they're thinking is that the passing game really opened up the run game last year, which I think is really, truly not really that true. I just think that um, we played better offensive line play last year, and then Clyde was able to make a lot of guys miss in the backfield and then go for extra yardage at that point, where we're not seeing those two things happening this year. Um, as far as the offensive line, you know, doing a better job of getting some push up front and then the running backs actually making guys miss and then getting gaining extra yardage. And I think that's those two things in combination is what, what is why you and I are both scratching our head trying to figure out why this run game isn't better or what it should be. Yeah, because John Emery, highly recruited coming out of Desterhan, Tyreon Davis Price had a great prep career over at Southern Lab. These two guys are more than capable. We've been yep. hearing a lot about Chris Curry. Um, mm-hmm. Coach Ed Orgeron's been really high on him. Uh, him getting injured early on has kind of put him in the back seat now behind these two guys, and it just it just amazes me that uh, they have not figured this thing out. Um, but I, I mean, I, we've got we've only have a total of five rushing touchdowns on the season out of five games. So that's that's I mean, that's really that's not good at all. We should at least have ten to fifteen rushing touchdowns. Yeah, you're right about that. You're right. For a team that's been scoring so much, and it just seemed to me going back to the you know the Missouri game was was the biggest thing. They just Miles Brennan was so hot in that game, uh, yeah. they just kept throwing the football around. They totally abandoned the run and never really was able to get it on track against Auburn. So here's another game on the road where they got an opportunity to at least get the ground game going. And I also think they should have ran the ball a little bit more against Mississippi State to keep their defense off the field. Um, so mm-hmm. let, let's see if there's, there is a little bit more of a commitment to it. I said this early on in the show, this is a team that you should be able to run the football on. Arkansas is allowing 183 yards a game on the ground. If you're not able to run against Arkansas, then there's some, some uh, serious issues then uh, when, when it comes to your team. So uh, we'll see how uh, the ground game is uh, able to get going. This is a question I wanted to ask. You actually wanted to bring this up earlier, Herb, but we got into so many other topics. And, and if you want to get involved on the show, you can uh, reach out to us on the whodatlending.com talk and text line at 504-260-1870. But we were talking a little bit about this when it comes to T.J. Finley. When, when, you have a, when you're a young quarterback and you have a bad game, I mean, usually – Herb, you're able to bounce back and play that next Saturday. Well, he's, he hasn't had that opportunity, obviously. So <laughs> as a quarterback, what goes through your mind after you have a bad game, especially when you're a young guy and you first experience having that uh, bad game on the college level? You know, it's, it, it's, it's, you got to really go play by play, to be honest with you. It's how you get rid of the thought process or, or the, 
the, the negative thought thoughts in your head during the game that you're having a bad game, right? I mean, I remember playing against Auburn. I, I want to say it was '97, I think it was, or '96, '97. And I think the first half, I threw three three interceptions in the first half. It's like I said, Coach, I don't know how many guys they have on defense, but it looks like they got 475 guys out there, <laughs> and I don't know where to throw the football. And and literally, I, I just kept throwing interceptions in the first quarter or something like that. And so I just had to just sit down and say, okay, stop what you're doing. Let it all go. Take a deep breath. It's just 11 guys out there go back and play the game that you know how to play, right? So you have to start during in the game that you're playing in. Um, and then and then obviously, you know, you, you get to come back and practice the next week. First of all, you get to look at the video and you see what you did wrong. And then it's nine times out of ten, you already know what you did wrong. But then you get a week of practice and then you can come back and you can redeem yourself, as you're alluding to. But here we are three weeks later, right, <laughs> whatever it is, and now he's got a, some kind of way – uh, figure out how to not even think about that last game against Auburn. In my opinion, that's what I'm doing. I, Auburn is so far behind me; it's basically last year's game. Now I have to move forward to to, to focus on Arkansas and see what they do best, and see how what I do best or what we do best matches up well against them. And 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 then focus solely on that. Now, one other thing that he needs, he has to realize and understand, he's got playmakers all over the field. All he's got to do is get them the football. It's, it's, it's a little bit, you know, he doesn't have to put the pressure on himself to make uh, these great throws or, or anything like that. Just get the ball, see the field, understand what's going on, make the correct read, get the ball out of your hands fast, get into your playmaker's hands as fast as you can so those guys can make plays. And then also he, they need to up front, the guys, the big boys up front, have to, to give him some good protection so that he can be comfortable in the pocket because one of the things that can rattle any quarterback, no matter whether you're a, a first, you know, first game starting true freshman out of high school or if you're, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Tom Brady or whoever, Drew Brees or anything, if you get pressure on them and put bodies in their face, they, they all, we all get somewhat rattled, if you will, or feel uncomfortable in the pocket. So they've got to make sure that they keep him clean, and 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 just you know, and then make sure he understands he's got a lot of playmakers around him, and I think he'll be successful today. A couple of things in TJ's favor that I think will help him bounce back from the tough loss against Auburn. We we, as I'm saying, we as the media had a chance to speak with him on Zoom after the game against South Carolina. Seems like a, a mature man. He comes from a mm -hmm. great family. I've spoken to his parents. They are the absolute best. He's been brought up well. Uh, and the other thing over at Ponchatoula High School, and this was no fault to his to him, he, he lost a lot of games at Ponchatoula, or his team lost a lot of games. So I, I think right. he understands how to handle not winning. This is not to say he's not a winner. It's just that he didn't have much around him at that time when he was there at Ponchatoula. So he knows how to, okay, that was a loss. Let's bounce back, see what we can do. And he still put up great numbers. And he, was, and he still obviously was being able to, uh, he was still being recruited by all kinds of colleges. And despite the fact that they weren't winning, he was still playing at a very high level. And here he is at LSU, and he's got a chance to redeem himself. And I think he will play well today against Arkansas. We're going to take another break. Stick with us. So glad that you've been able to join us here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Don't go anywhere. Myself, Jeff Palermo, along with former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler, we'll be back with more 
here on WWLAMFMRadio.com. Glad you joined us here on the WWL for the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show. Jeff Palermo in for Christian Garrick, along with one of LSU's winningest quarterbacks, Herb Tyler. LSU Arkansas, we're just over two hours away from kickoff. Of course, LSU's official pregame show is coming up next. And then at 11 o'clock, LSU at Arkansas, live from Reynolds Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville on the News Talk Sports Powerhouse at the Gulf South, WWL, the big 870 AM. We stream the games live on the radio.com app. When you take a look at the SEC schedule, Herb, for today, this is by far the most interesting game. Uh, the rest are could be potential blowouts. You got Florida against Vanderbilt. That will not be pretty. Uh, Alabama is hosting Kentucky. That will not be pretty. Uh, Auburn versus Tennessee. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I, you know, Tennessee started off the season doing well, winning two games, but they've lost four in a row. And Auburn might be peaking at the right time uh, as they move into the back half of their schedule. Mississippi State's at Georgia. Georgia doesn't really blow anybody out, but Mississippi State's not very good. Missouri's at South Carolina in the first game for interim head coach for South Carolina, Mike Bobo. That's kind of a game that's like, if you're watching it, you're you're a really big college football fan. So it's, right. it's not a great schedule. So LSU-Arkansas really is the most intriguing game on the slate. Well, you know, I think that I think people are going to want to watch this LSU game anyway just to see what – what LSU is going to do, you know, even if you're not an LSU fan, you know, obviously you, we're still the defending champions until somebody else gets crowned this year. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, people are, they're used to seeing, you know, what LSU did last year and then years prior to this. And, and it's got to be interesting to see. So why is this team two and two and three or whatever the record is? And they're like, They've got to be better than that. What's going on? So I think people will tune in just to, for that reason. And then you put all those other things on top of that. You'll say, well, you know what? This is probably the most intriguing SEC football game of the weekend right now. You know, I'd be surprised if, 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 if you know, if Alabama or Auburn or any one of those guys have any kind of letdown today. I, I just don't see it. Um, but, I, look, I'm interested to watch this game for a couple of reasons. And the first reason is to see how we come back from that. That I mean, that that Auburn game was a devastating loss. That was a big loss. I mean, that was that was a a, a, a confidence breaker, if you will. Um, and I want to see, you know, if Coach O has has really gotten the ring, you know, the rings around this team, and and if he could build their confidence level back up to where they can at least be respected or play respectable football, right? And then. I want to see how TJ bounces bounces back as well, um, but I, I need to see more out of Bo Pelini in that defense. We got to see that. So the, the, those are the three keys that are things that I'm looking for in this particular game to see what's going on. Because Felipe Franks, like we talked about earlier in, in, in our number one, he's not a shabby quarterback at all, and he has Kendall Browse as his offense coordinator, quarterback coach. And I think I think he can throw the ball around the field anywhere. I mean, he can put the ball wherever it needs to be. So it's going to be really – it's going to be a real good test for us defensively to see how we're going to, uh, I guess, finish out the year with the next four games after today. And taking care of the football will be key in this game. Ar uh, Arkansas has been outstanding uh, when it comes to uh, turnovers and takeaways. They are a plus eight in the turnover margin. And 
that's a, a stat that you look at a lot of times, especially when a team is making a turnaround from where they were prior, uh, where Arkansas didn't even win an SEC game in 2018 and 2019. You look at that turnover margin stat for a team that all of a sudden has improved greatly, and usually it's way in their favor, and that's exactly what's happening for Arkansas. And if you've got a plus eight, now granted they've played a, a couple more, well, two more games than LSU. They've played two more games, but still a plus eight is a very solid number to have. Right. No, you're, you're right. It's it's That means you're winning. You're doing something right, right? You know, so, you know, at the end of the day, turning the ball over is not something that we need to do. We need to make sure that we're, we're doing the right things. Uh, uh, you know, if you turn the ball over, we all lose no matter what. Um, but, you know, that's that, 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 that little brown leather oblong uh, object is very, you know, key to the survival of, of winning the game, of course. So um, one of the things that we used to do all the time was that um, we used to, to, to uh, you, you know, back in the days we used to carry the football with you the whole time, right? So, yeah. you, you know, yeah. you keep it with you everywhere you go, and if you don't bring it back to the facility, that means you don't care about it and you're not taking care of it. And that translates some kind of way mentally – to the football field and and it worked, you know, some kind of way psychology, psych, psychologically <laughs> it worked for, you know, and, and we didn't fumble the ball often at all. I mean, I think in my career, I can remember fumbling the ball maybe, uh, maybe seven times throughout my whole entire career at LSU. And then in high school, maybe three or four times, but I can tell you playing against Auburn, I mean, Arkansas in 1995, uh, which was my third, start as a true freshman man I was running the ball on the option and uh I, w I just knew look I I'm thinking I'm right back in high school right and I just knew I it was at maybe the 12 yard line or something like that and we run a speed option to the right and I made a cut inside I said oh yeah this is, should be a walking touchdown and I literally got to the two yard line and I don't know where this linebacker came but he didn't <laughs> he didn't make it too pleasant for me and I didn't get in the end zone, but I did fumble the football. <laughs> I literally remember that uh, to this day. And Nikki Savoy jumped on it, so we still had the possession of the ball. And then I, I just remember being on my knee and just adjusting my helmet because the guy came out of nowhere, and he just gave me a solid one. And I said, okay, that's it. I'll never assume anything anymore like that. I'm going to just make sure that I do what I need to do in order to get in the end zone. Well, hopefully the uh, same for T.J. Finley. He won't assume anything as well. We'll take right. a break. One more final break here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show with myself, Jeff Palermo, and Herb Tyler here on WWLAMFMRadio.com. We'll wrap up the show when we come back and get you ready for the official pregame show for the LSU Sports Radio Network. That's coming up at 9 o'clock. Stay tuned, Tiger fans. Jeff Palermo sitting in for Christian Garrick along with Herb Tyler as this is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating tailgating show we only got a couple minutes left uh we are getting a little bit more clarity on why the clemson florida state game was postponed just a few minutes ago uh, that okay. was supposed to kick off at 11 o'clock according to pete thamel over at yahoo sports a clemson backup offensive lineman tested positive for covid19 from a test taken friday they received the results after clemson landed in tallahassee the player mm -hmm. traveled with the team Florida State officials were not comfortable playing because of potential spread. And, Herb, this is why I think the SEC does testing on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday so that by yep. the time a team gets on a plane Friday, they have their test results. 
another reason why I think the SEC has handled this whole thing much better than the other leagues. No, I agree 100%. The way that they're doing it works. I mean, as far as the SEC, the test on Thursday, you, you at least, you know, you have that two-day window of, 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 you know, from Thursday to, quote-unquote, Saturday to say that, okay, the team's in the bubble, quote-unquote, because they're all together after that yeah. final test. Whatever happens, happens, and then we'll make a decision Friday morning. You either travel or you don't, you know. Um, and, 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 you know, in LSU's case, even in this game today, Arkansas, LSU traveled anyway. So they were going to go to Arkansas anyway and be there. And then if anything changed, then they could have just hopped on the plane and right. come back home and, instead of it being like the morning of the actual football game. All right, so LSU's record is 12-0 and in games after a loss since Ed Orgeron became head coach in 2016. Does that record go to 13-0, and Herb? We got about 45 seconds here. I think the record goes to 13-0. and We're going to win today with a whopping 21-17 to victory. 21-17? <laughs> they don't play games like that in college football anymore, Herb. <laughs> I know. It's 2020, man. You just never know what's going to happen, you know? <laughs> Hey, I think special teams will play a big role. LSU's been money there yes. with Zach Von Rosenberg along with Cade York. I think the Tigers figure out a way to get a win. Arkansas is low on numbers when it comes because of the contact tracing, and I think they're going to be missing some key people. We don't know who, yeah. but I think that might make the difference. I think LSU wins at 35-31. Herb, we'll uh, talk to you next like Saturday it. at 1 o'clock. Enjoy the game, everyone. Official pregame show coming up next here on WWL. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.